do without football. I have six Division I offers to play college football. And how old are you? 14 years of age. People here have a motto, NFL or bust. It's a dream that seems like reality, but in reality, it's like a, a fool's goal movie. Hey, we got 45 caliber showcases here at the scene. One of the victims is advising that there is a woman and kids inside the house. A doctor, his wife, two of their young grandchildren among the five who were killed in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Authorities trying to determine what drove former NFL player Philip Adams to brutally gun down six people. Mr. Adams' CTE pathology was different. It was unusually severe. It's a neurological response to head trauma. The entertainment has to stop. You gotta put the person first. You gotta put the human first. It's the South Point Stallions, it's the Gaff, the Indians. Back-to-back -back nights of high school football, of big-time high school football here at District 3 Stadium. The Friday Night Lights are bright in Football City, USA. It's nothing better than Friday Night Lights. It's the best feeling. Friday Night High School football games are an American tradition, but only one town called itself Football City, USA. Rock Hill, South Carolina. With a population of about 75,000 people, it says it's turned out more NFL players per capita than any other city in the U.S. Tonight's high school stars could become tomorrow's next pro athletes. And that ball of muscle that we call Caleb Sims is just unstoppable. When I make a great play, I can't even describe it. It's just so hard to bring him down because he's so solid. When I'm making that play, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just letting my, my body do what it do and just letting God lead me in the right direction. DJ Barksdale to the outside, he's loose. Just a putter to beat. Barksdale gets past the putter, he's gonna score. 10, five into the end zone, touchdown. DJ Barksdale. I've been playing since I was little. I've always wanted to go somewhere like college or to the league. It's always been a big goal of mine. from just a handful of high schools here, have come nearly two dozen NFL players, eight from Rock Hill High, seven from Northwestern, and seven from South Point. You're one of the best wide receivers in the country. Is that a lot of pressure? Because you're only a freshman. Nah, you can't let the game get bigger than yourself. I don't think about it too much. Just play my game. I'll be good if I play my game. I think for me, it was more of that. You just played it because you loved it and you, you know, you want it to be great. You want somebody to know your name, Javian. You want people to know your name, don't you? Yes, sir. People here have a motto, NFL or bust. It's kind of true. NFL or bust is like, for me it was NFL or streets. Yeah. You see all these guys going number one and it's like, it's a dream that seems like, reality because it's happening so much but in reality it's it's not it's like a, a fool's goal a little bit for some 
those big dreams pay off and big contracts in a successful career. But what glitters isn't always gold. For one of Rock Hill's most promising sons, that dream may have given rise to a disturbing disease in a day that would change this town forever. Tonight there was another awful shooting, this one in South Carolina. A doctor, his wife, two of their young grandchildren among the five who were killed in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And tonight authorities believe it was a former NFL player who killed them before killing himself. Football is the topic of every conversation in Rock Hill, from the corner store to the barber shop. Telling them guys earlier about all the talent that come through Rock Hill, South Carolina. And they trying to argue with me about the best player that come through here. And who you that? think it is? Well, looking up here at this wall. Gilmore is good. Now Gilmore, he's Gilmore good. good. But one thing we do got, we who got the that? greatest hits of NFL history, if anybody asks. All them guys, man. Mm. Gotta be something in the water. What Football City, USA. They mm. got it, man. Jabril Fuel knows all too well what happens when that dream bursts. So you play pro ball? Nah. Well, should have been. Rookie mini camp, training camp, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Never, nothing ever materialized after that. Mm. So I just took my lumps and ran with it, you know what I mean? And just kept it going, figuring something out. I know I ain't going back to where I came from. <laughs> Figure it out. Jabril was one of those high school phenom players everyone said would make it to the NFL. His outstanding skills are seen here in this high school highlight reel. I had 17 offers coming into my senior year from all over, but it was like, it's almost a guarantee. I just gotta do the schoolwork. Football in this community is only one route, and everybody trying to go through that one door. How did that feel to come back here after not, you know, make it hit, hitting the ultimate dream of making the NFL? Oh shoot, it was hard. I mean, it was it was depressing. I felt shame. You know what I mean? I felt like a failure, uh, and I didn't know what was really next. So I kind of went into a dark area. The odds of going pro are incredibly low. About 7% of high school football players go on to play in college. And then, only 1.5% of college players make it to the NFL. But that doesn't stop kids in Rock Hill from trying. I can't live without football. Football is me. That's my main personality. That's where everybody know me from, football. If I couldn't play football, I'd be desperate. If I couldn't play football, I wouldn't even know, like, myself, because I've been doing it my whole life. The best part of playing football, getting to hit somebody without getting <laughs> the penalty of going to jail or something like that. I'm doing it for my mom, and just so we can be living good, like, in the future. He was covered on that play by Jazazion Currents, who they call Fat J. And Fat Jay is starting as a ninth grader and had pretty good coverage on that play. Yeah, you don't see many ninth graders starting in Football City, USA, but he is one of them. Football is very important in my life because 
um, family bond. It strengthens because of football. We love the game. It brings us closer as every, in every aspect of life. Yeah. Xavier Currents is only a freshman, but he's starting varsity on one of the best teams in Rock Hill. Let's go too far. In his very first high school game, Jazavian helped lead his team to a victory against the defending state champion. Most of the other players on the field were seniors. I've been playing my whole life playing against people older than me, so I just didn't think about it. I didn't let it rattle my cage. I just stayed focused, tunnel vision, and got the dog. Coaching him from the sidelines, is his dad, Jay Currents, who also played football growing up in Rock Hill. All right, and then I said, well, your daddy off. I said, who's going to take you to practice? Me or your daddy? He said, my daddy's going to take you. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi, Mama. Hey. Hey, Ivy. <laughs> my old room become your room. And go through some of this stuff. That's what my first trophy looked like. Player of the Week, Jay Currents. That newspaper article, Northwestern Currents leads win over Burns, 45-7. In 1999, football camp brochures. I ain't had the brochure taped on my wall. I never got to go. So, that's why we did so much camping with you and your brother. Some of the guys Jay played with in high school went on to the NFL. Derrick Ross drafted by the Cowboys, I want to say third round. That's me, 18. Sophomore, younger guy, all of them. Ben Watson's up here, number 83. Drafted in the first round by my favorite team, the New England Patriots. So that's cool. A lot, a lot of memories in this room, man. You get to make some more of them. Now, Jay's son is one of those standout players, top ranked not only in South Carolina, but the entire country. I have six Division I offers to play college football. How old are you? 14 years of age. Gonna bring up third down and 13. Jazavian started playing football at just four years old. I wanted to be in the NFL. That's plan A. Uh, plan B is not mess up plan A. Nah, <laughs> nah, plan B is to finish college. Jay, when did you know he was this good? By the time he was six, he had his first, I think like eight touchdown season. By the time he was nine, on nine you, he had 30 touchdowns and had... In one season. And had three games, he had five touchdowns. One game, he had five touchdowns in the first quarter. And the coach sat him down the rest of the half and say, Jazavian, I ain't going to run you up and down this field. You can score 10 touchdowns today. We don't get this opportunity to let somebody else run the ball. And he was good with it. And I never got, you know, over the top about anything he did. It was just like, because I didn't want to get ahead of myself and put an expectation on him. How was it for you as a father to have a son who gets this much attention? We always prepared for him to get this much attention. I did. 
I told him since he was 10 years old, okay, well, I'm impressed. Now we're gonna prepare now while you're 10. Not to play 11, no, we're gonna use these steps because I'm now preparing you to play varsity as a freshman. Jay's love for football started with his own dad, who took him to Friday night games when he was growing up in Rock Hill. I remember pointing out the best players on the field that was making the most impact in the game and just watching every detail of those players. And it, it turned into what it is now, the love I have for it now. Jay says making it to the league didn't work out for him. Do you have a legit shot to make it? I think I did, talent-wise, I uh -huh. think I did. It was just some left turns here and there that probably slowed myself up. Jazavian, is there any pressure on you to make it further than your dad did? Nah, no, sir. Not at all. He got me. Uh, I just want to make it to the NFL. That's my goal, really. It's not no pressure that if I don't make it, it's, we ain't going to have no house. I'm still going to always have clothes on my back. I want to buy him and my mama a house. Yeah, that was a lot of my motivation, too. I realized my parents did so much for me that I was willing to work as hard as I could to make sure that they didn't have to worry about anything. That's a heck of a motivation. But you know, you got a long way to go. You got three more years of high school. Yes, sir. You have all these colleges knocking down the door and you're only a freshman. So how do you process that? How do you handle that? Well, take it day by day. Don't let it get to my brain. Don't get too cocky. Be humble. Always outwork. I always better myself. 1% better every day is what we say. And I know there is a lot of pressure on kids to grow up and play in the NFL here in this town. If they, do people come up to you and say, hey, you're going to be in the league? Do they say that to you already as a ninth grader? Well, I really don't go out a lot. But like when I'm out, they talk to me a lot. It's nothing like pressure-wise. It's just uh, congratulating me on what's happening to me. I take it. Um, I say thank you because uh, some people don't have the opportunity I have, so. Do people say anything to you? I mean, yeah, I, I, I get it. Every now and then you have somebody say, man, hey, man, that boy gonna be in the league one day. You know, it feels good to hear. I more or less talk to them like NFL's the bonus. You know, we want to use your ability that God gave you to get your college education paid for out of somebody else's pocket. We also talk about that you're not always going to play. And one day they're going to take your jersey from you. And you're going to have to be a productive person and citizen out here even after you play. Growing up, Jabril was one of those kids who bet everything on football. So this one used to play football at over here, but they done changed it, man. Jabril and his younger brother Jojo grew up in College Downs, a historically black, low-income neighborhood in Rock Hill. Oh yeah, this is where the flood would start, like right here. They treated us like, I mean, we was the bottom, bottom feeders, man. They ain't care about, you know, your house being flood damaged. I got my neighborhood tattooed on me. I got this sign tattooed on my stomach. So I'm coming from this community. There's not a lot of dads around here, but when you see your mama struggling and you see, you see his money out here, you want to do something to help your parents. That's how it started off. Did you play football 
to make sure everybody else was good or did you play football because you actually wanted and enjoyed playing football? It's a little bit of both. You grow up liking it, loving it, because you play it all the time. Mm -hmm. As you grow up, you start to realize, like, so my mama's struggling. My mom did what she could for us, you know what I mean? So, like, man, we, could, we deserve a little better than that. You know, that was my mindset. Yeah. So, I took football, something that I love, to drive into a force like I almost got to. Football was Jabril's way out of Rock Hill. It was for his old friend, Philip Adams, too. But when Adams came back home, he had scars that no one could see. Nine one one, what's going on on Marshall Road? I think there's been a bad shooting. April seventh, twenty twenty one, the day Rock Hill, South Carolina, changed forever. And hey, we got forty five caliber shell cases here at the scene. One of the victims is advising that there is a woman and kids inside the house. Dr. Robert Leslie, his wife Barbara, their nine year old granddaughter Ada and their five-year-old grandson, Noah, was shot and killed in a Leslie's home. James Lewis, an HVAC technician working at the Leslie's home, was also found dead. And another HVAC worker, Robert Shook, was critically wounded on the scene. He later died. The person who murdered them all, and then himself, was former NFL football player and hometown son, Philip Adams. There's nothing about this right now that makes sense to any of us. Phillips' father, Alonzo Adams, telling an NBC affiliate at the time of the shootings what he believed caused his son to do the unthinkable. Well, I can say that he's a good kid. He was a good kid, and he, uh, I think the football messed him up. After playing at South Carolina State, Phillip was drafted in 2010 by the San Francisco 49ers in the seventh round. He played for six teams in six seasons, sustaining two concussions across three games in 2012. According to the family, Adams complained of excruciating pain from his injuries, often had memory issues, and difficulty sleeping. For this reason, Boston University was contacted and asked to conduct advanced brain studies to determine if CTE could have played a role in the incident. Adam's 20-year career in football put him at high risk for the development of CTE. Dr. Ann McKee is a neuropathologist and director of Boston University's Center on CTE. She helped conduct the autopsy on Philip Adams' brain and found he had an unusually severe form of the disease. Mr. Adams' CTE pathology was different, however, from the other young NFL players with CTE. It was different in that it was unusually severe in both frontal lobes. The combination of poor impulse control, paranoia, poor decision-making, emotional volatility, rage, and violent tendencies caused by frontal lobe damage could converge to lower an individual's threshold for homicidal acts. Yet such behaviors are usually multifactorial. Transitioning out of professional sports is complicated and it can cause mental health issues, issues with identity. 
that's a big problem when they've also had brain injuries that makes them more susceptible to abnormal behavior, substance abuse, depression, anxiety. Those two things can basically layer on each other and I think are making some people's transition out of sports much worse. Chris Nowinski is co-founder and CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. A former football player and wrestler, he says he sustained head injuries himself. The foundation was focused first on raising awareness of uh, how damaging concussions can be and teaching people how to keep people safe. At the time that we started the foundation, there were no academic centers studying CTE. There was nobody researching it. We thought it was just an issue for boxers. And so we've been trying to advance research on CTE ever since. Recently, several high-profile injuries in the NFL, raising questions about the safety of the game and concern for the players. This morning, growing backlash around the NFL after Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa takes a violent hit, suffering head and neck injuries. His head hitting the ground, his fingers spread wide and frozen in front of his face. It's a neurological response to head trauma. Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa suffering three head injuries during one season. Personal foul, roughing the passer, defense number 58. Tampa Bay's Russell Gage sustained a concussion during the wildcard playoff game against the Bills and carted off the field. In the meantime, we're gonna turn next tonight here to the horror during Monday Night Football. Of course, millions watching. And 24-year-old Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin going into cardiac arrest on the field after a blow to the chest requiring almost 10 minutes of CPR, then over a week of emergency care. His on-field collapse, a shocking moment that has transcended sports, but is it enough to change the game? Do you think it's too dangerous? The discussion dominating on cable news and online. I'm saying that the game is a violent game. And I told my daughter, my grandson will not play football. These young black kids is putting on the line and you telling them what they put on the line ain't worth it because it, you know why? Because you don't want to pay for somebody that's broken and battered and can't take care of themselves because it costs you money. Some NFL players spoke to The Athletic in the wake of Hamlin's injury. Falcons linebacker Mikhail Walker told the NFL site, we know this was the risk you signed up for. Charger running back Austin Eckler said, I would justify that this is definitely worth it. Tamar Hamlin's tragedy with a, with a happy ending. That injury is rare, but it's a reminder of the violence of football. In 2021, the NFL reported 187 concussions during the preseason and regular season. The NCAA does not require colleges and universities to collect or report concussion data on student athletes. Tom Brady and all these legends, none of them played before high school and the reality is, if you want to succeed at the high school, college, or pro level, starting young doesn't increase your chances of success. Fred Reese and Tyrone Butterfield. You know, in football, you never know what's going to happen. You know, anything can happen. Do you ever worry about that? It, yeah, it's, it's always that slight fear that, you know, you never know what can happen. But at the same time, we know when you sign up that, you know, injuries are a part of it. And you never know who the injury bug is going to bite. You just try to, you know, prepare best you can, you know, take care of your body best you can. 
and, you know, play as safe as you can. You know, that's why we talk to them a lot about technique. The injury bug did bite Jazavian in his freshman year. He sprained his ankle, taking him out of the last two games of the season, including the big game against his rival high school. Pass intended for number seven, Elijah Caldwell. For most kids, high school, maybe college if they're lucky, will be where their football career ends. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Jabril is now a youth football coach, trying to make sure that young athletes know how to play the game and have the resilience to be okay when it ends. All right, let me get three claps for the best, Jabril. Hey. Three. We're gonna address you guys again when we go to the gym. This performance today might can change your life. And best believe, when we go step in that gym, your life gonna be changed too, all right? This is a camp about love, all right? What would you tell parents who wanna get their son involved in football? I would tell them to make sure that they don't put all your eggs in one basket, number one. But number two, putting the pressure on your dreams on your kids. Can you see that a lot as a coach? Mm -hmm. Go hard at it now. Go hard at it in college. Get your school paid for it. Then you can do what you really want to do. It's the path that worked for Jabril. His higher education paid for with the football scholarship. And when he didn't make the NFL, he has his degree to fall back on. In fact, college players are far more likely to earn a degree than they are to make it to the NFL. According to the NCAA, 86% of Division I athletes graduate from college. Tell me about this new camp you started. People talk bad about football a lot, but um, it's so many core values that you learn. Oh, I agree, <laughs> I agree. With, with working as a team and things of that nature. So. I kind of put some of those principles into camp settings and also talk about other stuff other than football. We're trying to give you a exchange of something other than just football. We want to attack your mental. We want to see how your mind is doing. We want to see how you're doing. He knew Philip Adams and says he saw him struggling after he left the NFL. I was thinking about him and thinking about the type of person he was. I don't condone anything he done, but imagine if we could have did something like this for NFL players who who struggles with life after football. What you do today is going to affect your tomorrow. He brings in mental health advocates and even former players to help kids think beyond the game. Who want to go to the NFL? OK. All right, this next speaker, he's from my hometown. He got a, a crazy testimony. So I'm going to introduce Ron Myers. My community, pressure, Football City USA, had me feeling like I had to make it to the league to have worth and have value. I see it every day. Rod Byers is another native son who aimed high. After playing for Clemson, he was picked up by the Carolina Panthers. But he was cut after two days, his career over. He says he fell into a deep depression. Since I was eight years old, grinding, grinding, football, football, football. Can you imagine that? Since I was eight, I had the pressure of saving my family. When the jersey was ripped away from me, I felt like nothing, nothing. I felt this big because as a kid, I was parented and the community loved me based on my performance, 
So when I no longer felt like I could perform, I felt like I had no reason to be here, no reason to live. For what? I was just another guy that didn't make it. You repeat after me, say, my identity, my identity is, greater is greater than my ability. Once people realize that football is 90% mental, 10% physical, they'll understand how important the mental health piece is to the football piece. Your, your mind is, is, is the most important thing you can have. So I want to tell these kids, listen, it's all in your head. And if you had to go back to your younger self, what would you say? What would you tell your younger self? Everything gonna be all right. That's the first thing I tell myself. The second thing I tell myself is everything that you're going to go through is going to be for a reason. It's going to be a big reward one day. And study and quit playing around with your school and do what you're supposed to do academically. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let me show you. Let your mommy show you how you do it. I was just playing the whole, the, you, you know. You just playing the whole time? Yeah. Xavier Current, 10 years, where do you see yourself? On somebody's football team, making plays, hopefully. They got a house, a whole lot of cars, my family's straight, friends good, having fun, enjoying life. There are people who will, will see you on this program and they go, he's living through his kid. You know, that's not what the kid wants to do. He's trying to put his dreams in there on his child. What do you say to those, those people who may have that opinion uh, about this? Their opinion, let me see, how can I put this? Just say it. Their opinion is none of my business. Mm. That's how I take it. I tell them this all the time. I'm your dad, football or not. Yeah. That's father, I'm father first, you know. Father first, and then everything else, you know, our bond is our bond as father and son, you know. If he wasn't a very good football player, I still got to have a bond, I love, protect everything I do now. Our relationship's not going to change, you know, based on whether he makes it to the NFL or not.